Hey, yo, Smitty from After Shift. Welcome back to the show. Hopefully, uh, old Ricky Spanish will be joining in here pretty soon. Um, guys, we just want to welcome you back. Sorry for the long absence that we have had. Um, things have been a little crazy, as you know, across our nation these days. But, uh, you know, we want to we want to touch on things that's going on. Doug, how's things been in your way? Not so bad. A um, little bit of protesting that we've had our down down our way has been pretty peaceful for the most part. We've had to assist other agencies that have had it a bit rougher. Um, I think the biggest part of this is lack of communication or lack of understanding maybe would be a better way to put it amongst the citizens and and the officers sometimes. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, I support peaceful protesting, uh, you know, but with everything going on across the nation, especially in these big major cities, uh, this looting, this vandalism, this burning stores down, uh, assaulting innocent civilians on the street, man, it's crazy. This is what I'm seeing on the news every day. I wish folks would understand that by doing that, they are completely losing the message from what I would say is the silent majority, mainstream America, um, and definitely with law enforcement, uh, because we have to turn our attention more to stopping the violence, stopping the criminal act, instead of trying to understand a point of view. Ladies and gentlemen, I also want to welcome our special guest to the show. As Ricky Spanish, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, special. Welcome, special. hey man. Just welcome to the show. We're also we're touching on subjects of you know these uh, looters and folks burning down buildings and assaulting innocent citizens across America. Um, uh, what, what what's your stance on it, Ricky? On which part? On all of it. Because that's a, a deep subject. I understand the protests and all of that, but not the looting and the the stealing and the burning and the pillaging. You know, I can't get behind all that. It gets a lot deeper than that. How much time we got? All the you time know, you need, buddy. Yep, we got all the time you need, man. You know, one thing I was going to hit on is I know a lot of friends that I, I have that are in law enforcement. They're actually, a lot of their coworkers are just turning everything in and saying, you're on your own and leaving. And that's happening nationwide. You know, I was just reading an article a little while ago about the um, Atlanta officers. A lot of them are walking off the job. Right. Refusing right. to respond, but can can you blame them? No, because they have no, there's no support. Here's the thing. Uh, it's kind of like in New York City. Uh, Police Chief uh, Dan O'Shea, or the commissioner, I'm sorry, has no support from Mayor de Blasio. And, you know, they... Are, they basically have their hands tied, and they can't do anything. 
but try to push these protesters back and officers are getting assaulted and getting bricks and frozen bottles of water thrown at them and it to me it's putting america more at risk of trying to abolish these police departments well i had a conversation the other day with a uh, with a former co-worker that's still an officer about what's going on and <clears throat> the thoughts behind I don't know how much of a disclosure you gave on me before I, I got on to your podcast here, but very you know, outspoken. I'm, oh, I'm no longer a police officer in that sense. You know, um, I walked away from the job, what, about a year ago? I'm still in the law enforcement field, if you would, but, you know, not a police officer. So <clears throat> my word is. You know, it's nothing but my word. But during this conversation, what we was talking about, what the problem is, and, you know, I'm not trying to, I don't know what the language guidelines are or, or nothing like that on a podcast, but I ain't nope, trying to. have at it. Our rules are don't bash anybody, prior departments or anything like that. Well, I, I guess the best way to say it is I'm not trying to suck my own dick or nothing like that. But I did see myself as being one of the quote-unquote good ones, you know, as both of you are. You know, um, I, I have nothing but respect for you and Dougie, you know, some of my favorite co-workers. But the problem that I foresee coming out of all this mess is people like me, the quote-unquote good ones, who were in law enforcement for the right reasons and, you know, right of heart, we're the ones that are walking away. Yeah. And as it keeps going, it's it's only going to get worse. And, but you here's know? the thing. Don't think the good ones aren't looking for something to walk away from or walk away but, to. Well, I mean, that's just it. With law enforcement, and I've had this conversation <laughs> with my wife a million times. You know, as a law enforcement officer, most of us get in as young kids, you know, dumb kids. Yep. Mm -hmm. so you're you're you know, all about the run and gun and chasing people in the cars, getting in yeah, the fights and having a good time. And the thing is, we all come from, you know, pretty busy departments for our area, you know, for the part of the country we're in. We Absolutely. all come from city departments and we got yep. to see quite a bit in our first two or three years, you know, as much as a lot of people see in 10 or 15. <laughs> but, um, I don't know, man. Uh, the problem that you run into is, you know, we're, we're trained. You know, you're pretty much handpicked for law enforcement. You go through the testing. Uh, you jump through the hoops, make the right friends, and it, it becomes your identity. I mean, how many times you've been to a party or something with your wife or your wife's friends, and you're not referred to by your name. You're referred to as, oh, he's the cop, <laughs> something like that. I mean, it is your identity. And then right. once you spend so many years in it, it it's I, what are you qualified to do? Exactly. I, what are and, you going to do? Exactly. And I think that's a lot of the problems that some of the, the guys are facing. Like all they have done is law enforcement. Am I that's right, it. Dougie? Is that right? A hundred percent, man. Uh, I don't know. You know, I try to encourage the new kids that are coming into this. You know, a lot of them are, are signing up and they're, and they're doing criminal justice degrees. If that sounds good, the problem with that is, what else are you going to use it for? Exactly. Nothing else to use it for. 
And so you bring this kid in, and he's he's hearing all these, or she, the, the last person I just trained, she, they're hearing war stories, and they want to go out and they, they want to do work for the greater good. They want to they want to take bad bad people to jail, or you know, as Smitty said a minute ago, <laughs> the run and gun thing. And uh, now we look at today. I think in Atlanta that Roth. Was the officer charged? Yeah, yeah. Different counts of everything for murder. Okay, that that's fine if you want to charge this guy with murder, proven in court. I, I don't think it's murder. I think it comes back to his training, and you got a guy that was drunk and made the wrong choices. He fought the cops. You know, but what blame is put on the bad guys anymore? Because nowadays, all the blame is put squarely. On the, on the shoulders of the officers involved. Well, yeah. here's, the, here's the thing, man. And the, the way that it's only going to get better is to have somebody with backbone that's, that's going to support the officers. And the thing about it is, is Derek Chauvin up in Minnesota, he was wrong. Absolutely was wrong. dead wrong. Yeah. He, There's no defending that. No, he needs to get everything that's coming to him whatsoever by the courts and, and however they handle his punishment. That that guy should never ever see the light of day again. Billy, do you do you think he was racist or do you think he was just a mean son of a bitch who would have done that to anybody? Because I'm kind of on the fence about it. Well, racism is a term to me that's lost a lot of the sting over the years, and and that was going to be the point that I was going to get back to when Smitty asked me about how I feel about the current state of affairs. You know, the problem is, you know, and the Black Lives Matter movement and all of that, you know, you do some soul search and then you can get around to it. And, you know, we can have this conversation later on if if it leads to it. Part of the issue or part of the divide, rather, in the country is most people's only exposure to police is what they see on TV. And, you know, I hope I don't come off as racist. You know, it's pretty bad that you have to worry about that when you get into this. But for a lot of white people, you know, their main exposure to black people is what they see on the news. And you're not seeing the good on the news, whether it's white, brown, yellow, red, whatever. You're only seeing the negative. Same with law enforcement. Same with the black folks in our particular area, Dougie, because you're from my neck of the woods. We see a lot of the white people. You know, you you get on our, our local hard-hitting news agency, you're not going to see the best of our county. We're going <laughs> to we're going to see the worst of it. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, stories, man. So right. to answer your question, as far as racism, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, it, it looks bad. But I can say I, to answer your question, was he racist or just a mean son of a bitch? I think he's just a, a salty asshole. And. Yeah, he let it get the best of him. Uh, again, you know, it's hard to speak on that, and I'm a, a big fan of getting all the facts before you cast judgment. But I also know that, you know, any use of force and even, you know, whatever tactics he, he used, he had plenty of time to de-escalate. And he had enough, you know, years under his belt to recognize what was going on. Right. But still, they, they don't know why he was on the ground. If he was kicking the patrol car or pushing back off the patrol car or anything like that, 
he you know what? Never, he should have never have been on the ground. Here's the thing, and this is my opinion, and maybe it might be everybody else's. Once the handcuffs go on, whether the guy was fighting prior to, the fight is over. Now, the I'll take it a over. step further than that, Smitty. All three of us have been in fights. I know I've been in a few of them with you, Smitty. Now, yep. I, I don't know if me and Dougie have uh, ever rolled around with anybody together. I think we have. But um, the point of it is people do fight once the cuffs go on. I get that. You know, I almost got my, my face taken off by a handcuffed person. But at the same time, they had enough backup. They had enough people there on scene that even if the guy was fighting, there's no need for a knee in the neck. I mean, that's lethal force, and you can't justify lethal force out of that. You know, one of my wife's family members made the comment that that whole thing was just a show of, he just wanted to show who was in charge. He wanted to show, hey, I'm the boss, and you can't exactly. do And I think if you look at our profession from our level, all the way up um, out of our profession into the government. We're turning away from, hey, we work for the for the the will of the people. You know, the people answer to us at this point. That's what things are starting to feel like. Yeah. Why that Chauvin should have got the hell off of the, off of Mr. Floyd's neck. I, I can't in no way can I condone that. I, I don't understand it. Um, even if it was an, an airway choke, you know, I'm old school, I'm, you know, 20 plus years in, if you're getting your ass kicked, you got to do what you got to do to get the guy in and survive without, yeah. without causing any damage to him. That was a blood choke. He choked that, he choked that guy off. Uh, his, his, the blood was stopped to his brain. Yeah. I can't help but think he knew what he was doing. It's well, he could probably tell when the guy went limp as well and when he was unresponsive. Holy shit. Yeah. But, and uh, again, you know, not, not taking his side at all because I, I'm with you, Dougie. I mean, I, I can't agree with any of that. From the point that he went to the ground and he was put in cuffs, you know, after that I check out. You know, I, I can't get behind or support any of that. But... um. You know, another issue, and we can't ignore that issue, is the actions of the people. You know, there there was other officers. I mean, we've all seen the videos. You know, they're dealing with the crowd. Get back, get back. And I understand the crowd. They're wanting this guy to get help. But that's also another added stress that probably could have helped the situation a little bit had they given the officers room, do what they got to do, fight it out in court, file your complaints, do what you got to do. Yeah, a lot of people don't don't understand that at all. But regardless, Derek Chauvin was wrong. He should have never had his knee in his neck. Yeah, I don't think I've met an officer yet that nobody that would, was ever trained that that would support anything that that the Chauvin cat did. No, but you know, and let me, and this is probably going to be a touchy subject. However, I I will say this: Black lives do matter. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. A hundred percent. Everybody matters to me. It doesn't matter what race, creed, religion you are. Everybody matters to me. Um, and, you know, with what's going on today, it's, it, it's hard for people to understand that 
you know, what's going on is, is, is I would want to say it's like a revolt, revolt against the government. I mean, for all this going on for the bad cop in Minnesota, uh, you know, and I hate that the one bad cop calls all this heartache for all the other good cops in America. Yeah, there should have been a, another good cop that intervened that got Derek Chauvin off of George Floyd, told him, dude, get the fuck off of him. I agree. But, you know, it, all the good officers, all the good police officers, all the good deputies, men and women across America are are going to pay for this guy's mistake. Yeah. I, I posted on Facebook that we were going to suffer bloodshed because of that. And I, and I believe it. I believe we already have. Yeah, I think we're just getting started with it, too. Well, there was a retired police captain. He was killed defending a pawn shop store. He was shot, and they they live-streamed it on Facebook. Yeah. Those, those are not your normal, everyday protesters. And that is that, not. You're hitting on what my what my next point was going to be right there, you know, with the officers that's been injured as a result of this. I mean... I don't have the stats in front of me. I mean, you guys called me and I was mixing a drink, so I'm not very prepared with info and stats and whatnot, but, um, you know, you run into that and, you know, that kind of takes a back seat to the issue at hand and, you know, the, the violence that that's continuing <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm kind of rambling here. I, I'm drinking, but we should have put a disclaimer on this podcast. <laughs> Disclaimer: Billy is a drunk, ladies and gentlemen. I am. I'm. I'm a. I'm a drunk. <laughs> hey, really, I've never. Okay. I've never missed work as a result of it, though. So, that you know, just score one for me. But uh, I forgot where I was going with that. What I was trying to get to, though, is you know, calling out shit when you see it. When it's right, it's right. When it's wrong, it's wrong. And with the Black Lives Matter uh, movement. I, I can understand all that. Well, not, you, you know what I'm saying? I can't understand it. I'm not a black person. I'm, I'm not a black man, but I understand the frustrations and I'll take it a step further from that. You know, a peaceful protest isn't always going to get the accomplished objective. You know, sometimes you do have to show your ass. And what opened my, what opened my eyes to that was somebody had brought up the point of the, um, the Boston Tea Party. You know, they peacefully protested. It wasn't working. So, you know, let's fuck some shit up. Get the point across. So, I mean, yeah, I can understand that to a point, but not yeah, when it gets sense. to a point of violence. Right, um, right. And then take that a step further with everything going on in, in, in Atlanta right now. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I don't know if you follow the Hodge twins uh, on Facebook. They're from guys, our neck of the woods. guys make a damn good point every time. They put a video up. I mean, yeah. they hit every nail on the head, and, you know, those guys are 100% right. Agreed, 100%. But, you know, what – Here, here's the thing, and I, I guess it, it, to the dilemma, it, What what is life going to be like after law enforcement? What is life like for you, Ricky, after law enforcement? Well, for me, I'm still in a, I still carry a badge. 
I still have limited arrest powers and, and whatnot. I'm not going to talk about what I actually do for a living, but um, as far as not responding to hot calls or, you know, taking these report calls every day, I, I ain't going to lie to you. I miss the hell out of it just about every day. I mean, it, it crosses my mind. And now with everything going on, you know, part of it is I'm relieved that I'm not still a part of it. And then the other part of it is I feel guilty that, you know, 100% of my friends are law enforcement. I don't have very many friends, you know, outside of the field. You know, I, I kind of feel a little bit guilty, like a traitor. I walked away from it, and you guys are still catching the brunt of it. Now, knock on wood, I, I haven't touched base with y'all too much. I, I don't know how much the current environment has been on you guys. I don't think it's been too awfully bad in our area. But well, uh, let me let me jump in there. Um, this is going to sound weird. I, I'm I'm trying to think. I think I'm the only one that's jumped from blue to brown. Yeah. Uh, in other words, for the for the audience, I'm the only one that's jumped from police to sheriff. So, and what I wanted to touch on, sheriff's deputies are com- are treated completely different than police officers. Um, the almost 17 years I spent as a police officer, as you guys did, you both were, were police officers in much busier cities than I was. We were treated like shit for the most part. Yeah. And, and, and I'm talking about from the community. And it didn't really matter what you did. They looked at you different. <clears throat> when you come to a sheriff's office, work at the pleasure of the sheriff. He's a constitutional elected officer. And you seem to be treated different. And, and the weird thing is, for me personally, I'm not doing any different job than I was. I try to be fair with everyone. I don't care what color, race, sex. I don't, I don't care about that. I want to do what's right. And that's the um, way the job should be, man. And, that's how the uh, job should be. And that, that's the problem nowadays. You know, it, it's gotten to, away from the brotherhood and the camaraderie. Um, I remember back years ago when I started, man, we would all meet up after shift, hence the name of the show. Uh, We would all get together breakfast or we'd go out to dinner, throw a few back and call it a night and then go home, get up and go to shift the next morning. That's the way it should be. That's the way it it was when I went in. It was like that in my little place too. Yeah, we we would eat, eat breakfast together and or like you said, maybe sometimes we'd go fishing together. Well, whatever it was, we, we would just, it was a brotherhood. We did the very best we could. And then we, we tried our best to forget about things at work while we were home. And nowadays it's following you home. You're, you're exactly right. You and I think that's why you're going to see like a mass exodus out of law enforcement, man, because your good cops are suffering. And a lot of this stuff is going home and it's destroying families. It's destroying marriages. Now, granted, cops never have batted a thousand for marriages. I mean, (laughs) yeah. I mean, hey, it is what it is, but I'm still on number one. Me too, brother. Hey, but that comes to another pro for law enforcement. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) I can't afford to divorce my wife. I think you're in the same good. boat, ain't you, Dougie? Amen, brother. <laughs> this shit gets expensive. 
Yeah, she's crazy as hell, but I can't leave. I can't go anywhere. You're counting down your uh, your time left, ain't you? It'd be a, a bad move. It's cheaper guys, to keep her at this point. It, yeah, let me tell you, you guys have moved on to more lucrative careers. I'm a, I'm about um, coming up on a month and a half to, to cash in on my Virginia retirement. Hey, but, and, but, uh, but who's counting, scary. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, who's counting? Hey, I wanted to ask you guys something. What uh, I know y'all seen on the news, they're talking about reforms. Dude, the what news, guys the news is evil on all sides. I don't care what outlet it is, they're <laughs> all agree. they're all they're wrong, all. and they all put their spin on things. Are you talking about those presidential reforms that were announced uh, yesterday or today? Yeah, I, and I saw that too. I think we're all reading. I, listen, I look at both sides of it. I'm I'm probably the most liberal, old school cop. There he is. I, I think we should quit chasing after marijuana. I think we should, you know, I agreed, I agreed with, I agreed with Senator Stanley on, you know, everything that happened with driver's license suspensions this year. I agree with that. So, and I realize I'm in the minority. I, I guess my question is, what do you guys think? Because I've done a little bit of thinking on this, but what do you guys think about reforms? Like what could we do better as officers? What could be done better? What could we change that would impact the community and make relations better? Because it's a tough question if you ask yourself. You know, that. it's funny that you ask that because there's honestly no good answer for that. I mean, you think about the facts as they sit right now. Um, you guys are familiar with my old department, my first department, rather. Yeah. Okay. Um, some of the work that they've been doing, they have a new chief to come in. And, you know, he's done a lot for the community every time that there's a homicide and there's a, a fair amount of homicides that take place in that particular city. But yeah. every time they have one, they do a community walk. And I'm pretty sure that your first department, they're doing something similar, not necessarily after a homicide, but they're going out they're engaging with the community, doing community walks. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I want to say he's the deputy chief. He was out marching with the protesters and um, what they had that it wasn't really a protest. I guess it was a community march, but he was with them and, um, you know, they behaved themselves. I mean, you've seen the TikTok videos, which um, full disclosure, I think that's the fucking dumbest thing that they can do. <laughs> it almost you have to make the determination between a public outreach and pandering and right no person in a uniform should be doing these stupid tiktoks but um that well, it, what's it's stupid is they hire these cock diesel guys that want to go out here and try to fuck everybody's world up now do you want an honest answer and i i hope i'm like i said i'm drinking with tonight and having a nice smoke so um <laughs> i might Roll be a little bit loose with you have the power not to publish this shit don't you smitty yeah. Okay. Good deal. Let, let's let's chat. In my <laughs> opinion, go, I think that it gets to a point to where less is more. And something that I saw in law enforcement before I made my exit was the caliber of officers that are coming into the field right now. And I can't speak for every single officer. I can't speak for you guys and your backgrounds. But the point of the matter is, police. When you go into this field, you're going to be exposed to the worst of the worst. You're going to deal with some outright assholes. You're going to see some gross shit. 
People are going to call you the, the worst things imaginable. People are going to try to kill you. I mean, it's not for the faint of heart. And they have gotten so many restrictions on officers and the caliber of officers that they're hiring. You know, they're not looking for people with street smarts. They're not looking for, you know, people that, that's a little bit rough around the edges. They're looking for clean-cut, well-groomed, well-educated young people. You, you know what I'm saying? Departments I do, I are do. I call them choir boys. There you go, choir boys. And I, I'll be honest with you. There are There is room for choir boys in our department. Or not in our department, but in this field. You need them. And yes. <laughs> me and my wife was talking. We took one of those personality tests earlier. And I was trying to explain to her what an ISTJ is and the difference in these personalities. And I went to um, a police leadership school uh, a couple years back. And that was the first thing we did. We took a big uh, personality test. They split us all up. They gave us all the same problem. And they gave us like 30 minutes to work on it. And it was interesting to see how the different personality traits address the same problem. And uh, my wife made the observation, every one of the uh, possibilities, I mean, they, they were valid. They ultimately worked. But then you got the people who are just straight to the point. This is how it's going to be done. This is how we will do it. We're not going to deviate. This is it. And then you got the ones who are more people pleaser. Yeah, it's going to work, but it's going to take longer. You're going to have more expense, what have you. So what I'm Yeah, but there at, also comes a time and a place for all those personality types, man. Well, it is. But what, back to the issue of hiring and recruiting officers, you know, a lot of departments are mandating that you have a degree before you come work for them now. OK, who the hell in their right mind wants to drop 40 grand on a degree, pay for it for the most of their career to make thirty two, thirty three thousand dollars to start out? Some of my, my second yeah. department I went to, I worked for a town police department. I made twenty six thousand dollars a year. 26,000. That's crazy. And I mean, that's poverty. And um, I left law enforcement the first time to become a federal contractor, not because I wanted to leave law enforcement, but because I needed a better paid job. And without a degree or anything like that, I went to go work at it was um, it was a government contractor, but we uh, manufactured explosives, stuff of that nature. No degree no experience in a factory. I've been a police officer since I was 20 years old, but I was able to more than double my salary by taking that factory job. Now, so, so if I'm hearing you right, one of the first things that you think for reforms is <laughs> treating us with more respect, basically changing the pay. Well, the pay would definitely attract a, a different caliber, but I'm talking about the officers in general. Open up your hiring standards a little bit more. I've taught, I've known a lot of people who's applied to police departments, and you know they don't have a perfect background. Who does? Right. But nobody. Nowadays, it's so competitive, especially in our part of the country where you know unemployment's so high. We don't have very many options. But when you apply to your local police or sheriff's department, and you got some, you know, the smallest of blemish. You know, and when I say a smallest of blemish, I'm not talking about, you know, felonies or or DUIs and shit like that. I'm talking about the dumb shit, 
you know, oh, well, you smoked marijuana more than three times, which I don't think they're that that picky. But um, you need people with a little bit of, of street smarts, common sense. Right. And that's the other argument I use. You know, some people just don't respond to yes, sir, no, sir. You know, sometimes you have to call somebody a motherfucker to, to get any kind of response out of them. Agreed. And, and, and you know, if you go, when you switch from um, the blue uniform to the brown, you'll, you'll notice that they expect you to talk to them differently. And it's probably because it's an elected official. And I'm curious, Mitty, you came from the biggest city department out of the three of us. What do you think? I mean, yeah, it, it's situation dependent. And that's the thing. I mean, it, it's all going to depend on the situation. Kind of like, you know, what Ricky was saying earlier, doing with the hire and stuff like that and the personality tests and stuff like that. It's, it's all situation dependent. Um, you know, going from bigger to smaller. Yeah, it, 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 whether it's blue or brown, I mean, it, it's still definitely a, a culture change. Uh, the way that things are handled. What do you think for reforms? What's your thoughts? I, I think it's necessary, man. I mean, you know, I'll quote one of my old FTOs that's now retired, been retired for some time now. Good luck and get out when you can. <laughs> because times are changing. This this job, I grew to love it, and I loved it for however, I think it was like 30-plus years that he worked it. Um, but he said it's ever so changing, and it's always going to be challenging. You'll know when it's time to get out, retire, or get out when you're young so you can move on to another job and be successful at that. Get a job. Uh, get a, a good job career. Um to be successful at because law enforcement, he said it was changing. And for him to, to go back 15 years, 15 years, how long I've been in and for him to say that, I, I understand what he's talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll offer another, when you're talking about reforms, Dougie, I'll offer the mm -hmm. um, unpopular opinion that nobody wants to hear right now. I think police departments around the country and don't get me wrong, there are some asshole cops. There's a lot of people Absolutely. that don't deserve to wear a badge. There's a lot of people that, that just ain't cut out for the job. As we right. saw in, in uh, what was it, St. Louis or Minnesota, St. Paul. I don't know where it was. Minneapolis. I think Minneapolis. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. So, yeah, I'm not taking up for every single cop, but collectively, as a whole, I think police departments around the country have bent over backwards to try to bridge the gap between the community and the police department. The Brotherhood suffered as a, as a part of that. You know, there's some crazy-ass policies coming out. And quite frankly, it's getting to the point now, as we're seeing in Atlanta, where cops are going to be afraid to do their job. There, I confirmed with a source of mine, uh, his wife's, friend her husband is a an officer down that way and confirmed that eight to nine officers turned their stuff in and walked out a day now supposed to work 
That was supposed to work shift today in Atlanta. I also heard that they're asking for mutual aid, and the surrounding jurisdictions are saying no. Thank you. They're being denied. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We're not as, and, as they should. And honestly, I, I can't say that I blame them because if you know the district attorney down there is going to, you know, charge people for doing their jobs, and I know people will see it differently, and that's fine. And that's that's the best thing about living in America is you can agree to disagree. That's fine. Everybody everybody has their own say. Yeah. Uh, if the state attorney general will not back the police department, yeah. I, I if I was a chief, I would say no. I'm not sending my guys down there. Yeah, you don't want the liability. Not no, at all. I, yeah, there's no way I would send them, and you know. I think the 11 charges, if, I, if I'm right, they charged this guy with Roth, I think was his name, the officer. 11. 11 charges. He's trying to make a point. Um, you can't help but feel that he's pandering. That's exactly right what now. he's doing. But, you and know, it's going to have the opposite effect. What's going to happen gonna is he's not going to be convicted on any of this. Because no, if you I, go through his records, I will guarantee you that this uh, disarming an officer, which is essentially what he did. It wasn't his firearm. It was a taser. And a taser is fully capable of incapacitating you. You're bringing a gun to any fight that you're involved in. People talk so much about, oh, he's unarmed. He's unarmed. They don't realize that in a fight that involves the police, there's a gun in play. But still, hold on. Look at it from the public standpoint. They don't do our job, so they don't understand. No, they don't. You know? but, how, 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 how would, you know, our show, how about this? How about our show? How do we, or how does police departments educate people on our training and tactics, the way that things are done, so that they do have an understanding. So let me let me jump in here, man, because I, I just had this conversation with my wife a while ago. Did, did you guys did you guys have fat training with the with the screens? Oh yeah, yeah. You're talking about where um you have the simulated gun and the the fat machine or whatever. Yeah. So so yeah. basically you're you're watching a movie screen and you're given a gun that's a replica of exactly what you carry, and this thing measures the number of shots you fire and the location of the shots where they hit on this movie screen. Yeah, your and reaction so, time and all that. It, it, was that something at the big department that you did, Smitty? Nope. Yeah, yeah okay. my didn't have it. Didn't have that at all. My all FPO right, so, so was just, actually an instructor on it. So when I was training right. with him, he was training to teach it. So I got to play around on it a little bit. So no, hold on, let me let me let me retract that. We didn't have that when I went through. Okay. We were the we were the stone and tablet days, but um, as far as I know, they have that now. All right. So I was a I was a firearms instructor um, at my small department. I'll speed this along, but basically, if you can imagine. Um, they set up scenarios. There's actors that play in these scenarios, and it's played out on a video screen. Um, for instance, you have to wake a bum up that's at a, at a place of business that's closed, and this guy jumps up with a knife and attacks you. 
they give him based on the distance from you to him, how many seconds it would take for him to stab you. And once you you start to fire at this guy, it's measuring the number of it could be a half a second or a quarter of a second or two seconds before the round starts to register, but they're recorded. And it records where you're hitting this guy. So it's, it's, it's the closest to live action shooting that you can get. Um, Ricky must be pouring another drink. He's oh, pouring yeah. another drink. You can um, hear that? But, yeah. yeah I My can bad. Hear it, you're loud, There's a little man. ice in that thing. Um, My bad. The, the, the thing about this is it, it's teaching your – it's trying to, to hone your fine motor skills. You're, you're trying to – Get your reaction time down. You're you're trying to analyze your responses. Um, sometimes the commands are to challenge the person. You know, such and such department, put your hands up. You know, whatever the challenge might be. Um, but the point of it is, it's going to register your shots, where they hit, and how many you know seconds it took. Now, other times in these videos, the person you're dealing with may not have a weapon they, they might jump at you and be totally unarmed and it's the closest you can get to trying to identify that so and and, and at other situations you may deal with somebody who's armed with a fully automatic weapon that's just the way the fast machine set up so yeah i was explaining to my wife i said you know and they released on the they released on the news today and if I understood this right, Roth fire detector. Um, if you watch the video, it's, it's it doesn't really work or it doesn't connect to drop. Um, yeah, Salem, I'm sorry, I forgot his name right at the moment. It doesn't drop him. Um, at some point, he reloads that taser with the cartridge that's on the bottom of the guns because we all know there's two cartridges on that ta- on that taser. At that point, the officer is disarmed, and the suspect runs away with the taser, and at some point, he turns to point the taser back at the officer. Okay. That is a perfect FATS scenario. Uh, From what I understand, the suspect fired the taser back back at Roth, and sometime after that, the officer fired and hit him square in the back at least one time. The problem with that is they want to measure it in feet, according to the district attorney in Atlanta. We're dealing with seconds. We're not dealing with feet. Yeah, exactly. Seconds and feet don't compute the same. I don't know if they had fat training, but if it was the same training I had, you realize quickly that you can't respond fast enough sometimes to a threat. You do the very best you can. That's my problem with this. But He's here, I'll bring up, I, I, I'll bring Go up ahead. a good thing what what Ricky said earlier. Less is more. What the DA or a, you know prosecuting attorneys don't know only becomes more knowledge to them as, as if they're understanding these tactics and I think that's where a lot of folks are out of I wouldn't say out of touch with law enforcement in general today but it's just 
Honestly, they they don't know what police officers do. They just hope that they act in the right and do how they're trained. And that today, I mean, that's what happened. Yeah, well, he responded is how he was trained. Well, you was asking the question about reform and all that good stuff. Yeah, what what I was getting at, you know, as far as reforms go, I think just about every police department around the country has bent over backwards to be more transparent. You got body worn cameras now. Cops are getting rode up for, um, you know, forgetting to turn the camera on or what have you. You know, they're doing the TikTok videos. They're doing the, the public walks. They're releasing more evidence than they've ever released before, before trial. I think it's getting right. down to a point to where personal accountability needs to come back in the play. Right. I was so raised, are, we, are we talking about suspects? Or I'm talking about the general public. The general I think, public, okay. again, you know, you know how simple it is for an officer to get jammed up nowadays. Actually, yeah. the, the department where all three of us work together, you know, we worked around a, a, some professional types that didn't understand what we did. A lot of them uh, were very left side of the, the aisle just by nature. Not all of them. But... And that's okay. That's the thing. That's okay. Yeah. Because it, yeah. if you're a general, if you're on the left side of the aisle and whoever's on the right, as long as you're not way right or way left and you can meet in the middle and mediate a decision, yeah, that's great. But, and, that's what this, and that's what this whole country has gotten away from. And I might have spoke that. Said, she said now. Well, that, that's the thing. I'm not going to really gonna, choose one side of the aisle to be on. You know, I don't really have a political affiliation. I'm more of a independent type. <laughs> you know, uh, it, they need to make another party called the Common Sense Party. You know, and <laughs> yeah. what it is, it's almost turned into a competition now of who can be the most conservative, who can be the most right wing, who can be the most liberal left wing. And the thing is, you need both sides of that aisle. But what I'm getting at is the general public, it, you know, with parenting and everything else. I mean, all, all of y'all, all of us have kids. You know, you take that that swift approach with your kids. Hey, don't do that. Don't do that. Y'all know as well as I do that telling somebody verbally, don't do that repeatedly. It, it there needs to be a fear of consequence. And I think the biggest reform that needs to happen now isn't on the law enforcement side. I think it's on the general public side, society side. You know, own up to your mistakes. What I was getting at is with the George Floyd incident, 100 percent, you know, I'm, I'm on the public side on that as well as law enforcement. I shouldn't make a, a line between the two, but every officer I've spoken to agrees 100 percent. The George Floyd thing unjustified. It shouldn't have been the officer. You know, they did the right thing. They fired him. And, you know, he didn't get any due process. The evidence was right there. They fired him the same day, if not the next day. There was no investigation. They saw the video like, yeah, this is bad. It's bad enough to where we don't need an investigation. We can make the call right now. But further to the situation in Atlanta, whether it ends up being ruled justified, unjustified, in my opinion, and just knowing my training and background, there's a good chance I probably would have made that same decision to shoot. I agree. But I, you know, I would here, have. I feel like I would have. Um, you guys have probably seen in the news my old department. 
my, my first apartment. Um, yes. They're on the news over a shoplifting call that happened at a Walmart. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. A random ass citizen got what a, the last 30 seconds of the incident. They tried to make a stink out of it. Call brutality. The chief of my old department immediately releases the video, you know, showing the, the incident, showing the whole thing, the body worn camera, the store cameras, everything else. For the most part, you know, reading the comments, I don't have Facebook or anything like that, but my wife does. And I'll use that from time to time to, to creep on phone. <laughs> Either way, reading the comments Reaper. under the police department's page, there was very few who actually sided with the, um, the arrestee in this case. And yeah. that's what we need more of. Instead of saying, okay, well, I'm black. This person was black. Therefore, what, you know... They, they was brutalized and, and same thing with law enforcement, which I think a lot of officers have gotten out of that. And we're seeing that with the George Floyd case is just because they're an officer doesn't automatically mean they were in the right. Right. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I'm going to break it up on this. We are all human. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody does. I don't care who you are. We all make mistakes. A hundred percent. What people don't see about cops is that we're people, too. Some of us are freaking hilarious when we're off duty. Some of us do comical things when we're working. But it's just the world that we live in today. But we're running up on time. Ricky, thank you for being on. Dougie, always a pleasure because we're always, all three of us will be doing this. Hopefully, we'll get it out worldwide where people can hear it and we can have other people on the show. That is the goal. Ladies and gentlemen, like like it, share it. We're on Twitter, After Shift 5. Tweet us. Hit us up. Ricky, Dougie, pleasure having you guys. Hey, thanks for having me. Enjoyed it as always. What it do, girl. What it do, you?